0: The Leia Heilpun Show. BitMEX, the OG crypto derivatives platform and the best place to buy your Bitcoin. Really, just to up. Hello and welcome back to the Leia Heilpun Show. Today we have a very exciting guest. We're gonna be talking about a lot of hot and potentially controversial topics. But before I bring on my guest, I do want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by BitMEX. BitMEX is the OG crypto derivatives exchange, which now has a spot exchange for you to easily buy and sell your Bitcoin, especially a bear market. You need a name that you can trust. BitMEX sets the standard for reliability, transparency and performance. And has proven itself through multiple market cycles. Right now, BitMEX is celebrating the launch of its spot exchange with one million dollars in prizes to give away. To enter, all you have to do is trade the equivalent of two hundred and fifty U.S. dollars, so you can grab some Bitcoin during the dip. You can enter up to 25 times and one lucky person can actually win up to $500,000 in Bitcoin. So to sign up and to get involved, I'm leaving all of the information in the description below. So don't forget to pick BitMEX as your number one place to buy your Bitcoin, especially because without BitMEX, we wouldn't be able to bring you such important conversations, conversations that nobody else is having. So let's do this. Joining me on the podcast today is David Ike. He has written over 20 books, spoken at more than 25 different countries. He's an ex-sports commentator at the BBC, and some might regard him as a conspiracy theorist. This is going to be one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had on this channel. So please, guys, hit the subscribe button now. Hit the like button now so you can support the channel and so you never miss a video. Let's do this. David Icke, welcome to the Leigh Heilpan Show. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm uh... I'm almost as hot as you, actually yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty hot. yeah, it's been a, a nice hot summer here, but yeah given absolutely. plenty of um plenty of propaganda for the the global warmists, but you know when you've lived as long as I have over seventy years now, you remember many, many hot summers like this, um, which uh, uh is now being promoted as something you know outrageously different and extreme. I, you know I've been here many times before.
0: Absolutely. I think I saw um, on the TV um, the comparison between how the weather woman was comparing. I think it was uh, higher temperatures in the 70s versus higher temperatures versus temperatures today. One is terrible. The other one is a nice warm summer.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Um, because the, the Met Office, as they call it in uh, Britain, has been totally absorbed by the climate change cult the wokers and the climate change cult. And so they've ceased to tell you the weather uh, and instead they tell you we're all gonna die. Uh, And it's funny really because you go on the BBC weather forecast website and they tell you what the weather's gonna be like in two days. And often two days later, it's nothing like they said it was gonna be. So they can't tell you the weather a few days in advance and get it right, but they can tell you what the climate's gonna be like decades from now. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. And uh, the whole thing's been co opted. And this is the whole point, really. You know, I've been writing for uh, the best part of 30 years about what I call the global cult, this network of secret societies with an interlocking um, central mission control. And as it's uh, progressed, it's um, it came out of the, you know, the the ancient world uh, and then eventually became global, not least through that period of so-called um, colonization from the, the powers of Europe. Uh, when the the cult, which was by then based in Europe, then went global uh, when it was taking over countries all over the world. And when you had what was called. Um, independence for those countries it was a sleight of hand they left behind in in the, those countries the former former colonies in theory the secret society network and the family uh, networks uh, that have gone on running those countries covertly um, ever since and making sure their man or woman is in political power to do what they want and so this infiltration has reached the point now because it's been going on for so long where it's infiltrated the schools and universities with this woke mentality, which is now turning out severely programmed uh, young people in terms of their perception of self, the world and everything, to such an extent that you've got the so-called left in politics, it's not left at all, it's fascistic, um, that claims to be anti-establishment when if you tick off, all the things that this global cult wants, uh, then they are supporting all of them. They're supporting um, the the global warming uh, narrative, which is completely made up. Uh, they're supporting uh, the, uh, the all the the COVID restrictions, uh, and, and you know you've got to get your fake vaccine. All these things um, are uh, supported by uh, by the wokers because they've been programmed to believe in this inverted way that they're anti-establishment when they're promoting everything Mm. the establishment wants. And so it's gone deeper and deeper and deeper. Long ago, this cult infiltrated the media and took over the media at ownership level. Uh, It uh, has, like I say, infiltrated all these different areas of uh, weather forecasting and weather science so that it's not science at all. And so, you know, in the COVID era, you saw the scale to which the so called health profession has been infiltrated. So, you've had um, doctors and doctors all over the world, the, the great vast majority of doctors have um, parroted the narrative of the World Health Organization about COVID and other things. When the World Health Organization was created by the Rockefeller family, it's now run by a Rockefeller gopher called Bill Gates, who appointed Ted Ross, the Director General, to, to run the World Health Organization as he and the Rockefellers want it run. So um, every area of uh, the, uh, the so-called system has now been infiltrated by this cult. And you've, you've had a, a, a wonderful example, yet again, there are so many over many, 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 many years, of how the FBI is now the East German Stasi, how it's no longer, and if it ever was, you know, if you go back to its uh, formation, um, but it's no longer even paying lip service to being Mm -hmm. an independent law enforcement operation. It's a political uh, weapon now. And and it's like the whole system has been infiltrated by that. And how it works, just very briefly, is... There's a few people within these organizations that are working on behalf of this cult. And then there's the great majority who know that if they don't um, follow what the few are telling them to do and uh, the direction that they're going, then they're going to lose their job very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's what has happened, of course, to the brave doctors and nurses and medical staff who, um, who did speak out about COVID and um, are no longer doctors and nurses as a result.
0: So I'm really um, I'm really excited to delve further into this. You keep saying the cult, and I, I want to understand what you mean more um, by that. Yeah. But just for some background for everyone watching, um, so growing up i've heard a lot about about you and your ideas um but it's only now um the older i get that i'm starting to understand a little bit more about what you're talking about you know when you talk about um this woke mentality and this infiltration um of this new sort of mindset um in the education system and the media um and there's a few areas that i'm sort of not understanding um in terms of what you talk about and we're going to get into all of that and i'm really excited to um, to learn more so okay Can you tell us a little bit about your background, though? So you did start out as a commentator um, for one of the big British broadcasters. So how did you go from sports commentating um, all the way to what you do now, you know, uncovering the truth about what's really going on in the world? So can you start from the beginning? Were you like this in your 20s or did something just sort of happen one day?
1: Well, I've always been very... um wary and distrusting of authority my whole life, even as a little kid. um, Authority had to um, justify what it wanted me to do. I wasn't gonna do it just because authority told me um, I was gonna do it if a case was made for me to do it. So I've always been like that. But uh, I got on with my life. I I started out uh, when I left school as a professional footballer and arthritis finished my career when I was 21. And my second string, uh, something I've been interested in all the time when I was growing up, was journalism. So I became a journalist. I became a newspaper journalist first and then a broadcasting journalist and radio. And eventually I became a a news and then sports broadcaster for the BBC, a BBC that was nothing like it is now. It was still a controlled organization but the scale that the BBC has become a blatant extreme propaganda arm is now staggering, absolutely staggering. Uh, but most of the mainstream media, if not all of it, virtually all of it, um, is the same. Uh, so I was a journalist, and, and then I got very um, concerned about what was happening to the environment. Um, by that, I mean all the pollution, uh, all the destruction of beautiful areas. Um, this was in the 1980s. And I eventually, a long story, um, became a national spokesman for the British Green Party, which I was for a couple of years. But I, I, it was very, very important. When, when I look back at my life, before I kind of uh, uh, woke up to the world as it is, mm-hmm. I was given lots of experiences that were very, very useful and have been ever since. So I saw the media from the inside and how it worked. I saw television from the inside and how it worked. I saw politics um, from the inside and how it worked. These were all um, very useful experiences. And I I stepped down from the Green Party because I I could see that, first of all, the the Green Party that I was part of was not the extreme, you know, it was radical, but it wasn't the extreme party you see now where environmental issues that concern me are irrelevant to the modern green parties and the modern green movement. They're only interested in um, the uh, climate change hoax. That's all they're interested in. And so, for instance, um, they supported um, face masks, which you know, study after study after study after study on and on and on now have shown that not only are they useless for what they claim to uh, be used for, But actually, they're very uh, dangerous um, uh, cumulatively for health. Uh, Not least, you're breathing in carbon dioxide, which uh, is great for the natural world. But humans want to expel it. Instead, they're breathing it back in and all the other stuff that goes on in the mask. Um, And now um, we're seeing reports of the uh, devastation of birds uh, who are becoming entangled in these masks, which are everywhere, and not least in the sea and the rivers. Mm -hmm. And um, where are the Greens? You know, the Green Party that I grew up in would have, um, or I worked with, would have been up in arms about that. But there's silence because the only thing is, uh, you know, the latest thing. And uh, so I watched the BBC change into the abomination that it's become and I've watched the green parties and the green movement turn into the abomination that it's become. Um, so I stepped down from that, And but by then I'd, um, this is um, very late 1980s, I'd had enough of uh, television. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very vacuous world. Uh, you know, you were brilliant, darling, what was I like, uh, and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, then I had in um, 1989 and 1990, uh, some, well, again, in 91, some phenomenal, what you might call paranormal experiences. So throughout 1989, when I was working for the Green Party and working for the BBC, um, I felt this presence around me suddenly. And uh, when I was in a room alone, it didn't feel like I was alone. And this went on through 1989 into the spring of 1990. And it got more and more powerful to the point where um, on one occasion in March of uh, 1990, I was in a hotel room working for the BBC, sitting there on my own. And I I said out into the room, if there's something there, would you please contact me because you drive me up the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, a few days later, um, a, a series of things happened, uh, which led me to I mean, paranormal things, which led me to a book, uh, which was called Mind to Mind by a psychic called Betty Shine. And uh, I'd never been to a psychic before or or anything to do with that. But when I turned the blurb uh, uh, on the back over and uh, looked at it and saw that um, she was a psychic when I saw the front of the book on the shelf, um, I thought immediately, I wonder if this lady will be able to pick up what's going on around me for the last year. So Mm -hmm. I went to see her and um, I start being told, I mean, you know, I'm a, television presenter and a national spokesman at the Green Party at the time. And um, I'm being told by this lady that I'm going to go out on a world stage and re- reveal great secrets mm. um, and that um, I was going to be led to information and information would be put into my mind and all this stuff. And from the moment I left her front room, that's what began. Um, so my life has, since then has been an amazing synchronistic journey of walking into information. You know, people talk about looking for information. Well, yeah, that's true. But the the information comes to me. It kind of finds me through synchronicity. Mm. And So in the early years of the 1990s, I um, was coming across information galore to show me that the powers that appeared to be running the world were not running it. Mm -hmm. Then it moved into, in the... About from about 96 when I first came to America to uh, to to speak at length, um, although it was to no one in those days, uh, then there was a non-human element came into it. And then um, after just after the turn of the millennium, um, a whole vista opened up to me about the illusory nature of human reality and how physicality is an illusion and how reality really works. And it's gone on, I've just got another book out called The Traps, just come out this week, in which I go another step deeper in the rabbit hole of, um, of uncovering the scale on which uh, humans are controlled and they're controlled through their perception. Everything's about perception. So that's been the journey basically. Uh, and you know, everything that that psychic said I was gonna happen to me in 1990, March 1990, has actually happened.
0: Well a lot of the things that you have predicted have actually happened. Um, I think it was about um, two months ago I was watching some of your stuff um, actually um, for the first time in quite a while um, and I thought to myself wow that was he predicted that 10 years years ago. Um, I can't quite remember which video it was but uh, you were being interviewed and you were talking about some things which have literally uh, happened in the last two years, which really blew my mind. Um, And you talk about the global elites, the people who control the world or this shadow government. I've heard you and others refer to them as um, lizards, reptilian shapeshifters, um, major banking families, and industrial revolutionists like the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and other global elites, like the Bush family, the royal family, and the Clintons. So who exactly are they and what are they controlling? And how do they have this power? Are they born this way? Can I become like this? You know, how do you get involved?
1: Well, their power is the power that humans give to them all the time in the form of acquiescence. That's their power. They really don't have power. Humans give them their power by not saying, no, we're not doing it. And uh, so, what you just mentioned there about, you know, predicting the future. Um, what I've been doing is not predicting the future. I've been saying this is the plan Mm. that this global cult network has for the world. And unless something intervenes to stop it, i.e. humans stop giving their power to it, then this is what's going to happen. And the idea is to alert enough people to what's happening so that they do stop it. Uh, So um, it's not that I've predicted the future. It's that I've predicted the plan if it's not stopped. And clearly it's not been stopped up to this point, although there are many more encouraging signs now. And and therefore it's unfolded. And it appears that I've predicted the future. I've predicted the plan. Um, And, you know, there's two worlds uh, in one world. There's the world of the population, And it is restricted severely in the information that it receives, unless you actually go looking for it yourself or it comes to you. Um, So the education system, if you look at the education system in America, who who brought that about originally? The Rockefellers, J.D. Rockefeller, the oil tycoon, pharmaceutical tycoon. Uh, And uh, so from the earliest age you uh, go to school and you're being indoctrinated and more now than ever before i mean the programming now the scale of programming is
0: stunning That's crazy.
1: but it, you know it, it's it's been a, a programming operation all along it's just got more and more severe so what version of reality are you given what version of history are you given what version of everything are you given at school the official mm-hmm. version and if you don't tell the exam paper what it's told you to believe or what the system's told you to believe, then you don't pass the exam. Um, and also in, um, in the education system, uh, there is a, uh, a technique of um, enforcement. Mm-hmm. So you, you come out of the womb, you have two or three years, four years maximum, with your family, who have also been through the system you're about to go through, so they be- become programmed and they're passing it on to you, thinking it's how things are. But then at you know, four, at the latest now, you go to school, you've only just arrived here, and there's an authority figure telling you what, um, when you have to be there, when you can leave, when you can eat, when you can talk, when you can go to the toilet, Um, And the same authority figure is telling you what is and isn't, what's possible and not possible, and all the things that uh, people have to form their sense of reality. And it starts at the earliest age. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: you go off to university and it continues. And then you go out into the world of work and you are then meeting people who have been through the same system you've been through, the same programming system you've just been through, only earlier. And so overwhelmingly, everyone's agreed on what is and what isn't. So there is what I call the postage stamp consensus. It's a narrow band of belief of how the world is and who we are and all of it. Um, And that's what is indoctrinated into you in your formative years. And then you go out into the world of work, as I say, and you're meeting people who've who've basically been programmed in the same way. So everyone's agreed, basically, on how things are. And so you have this phrase that comes up all the time. Everyone knows that, mate. Well, everyone thinks they know that because everyone's been through the same programming system. So what I um. What I did was, was question that. I was questioning everything at school. I didn't just take it because I was told to believe it. And when you question the norms of society and the norms of all these areas, history, everything, you find it's a lie. It's simply not true. It's a, it's a fairy story. So that's what he said. And then you've got, for the population, the mainstream media owned by the couple, which is pounding out twenty four seven the same basic narrative. I mean, you know, there's one or two little exceptions left, but not many. You can go onto CNN or MSNBC or any of these um, organizations, and you're basically going to get the same story repeated hour after hour after hour. And as the Nazis said. The the, the, the more you repeat the lie, the more we'll believe it. That's how it works. It's all psychological. So on one side, you've got the population that is um, restricted in the information that it would normally receive if it doesn't go looking for it. And then you've got the other world, and this is the world of the global cult. So what's that? It's a, a network of secret societies with an interlocking leadership and a central mission control from which the agenda for the world is emitted. And it's like a spider's web. A spider's web is so uh, such a great analogy for what it is and how it works. So if you imagine in, uh, a spider's web around the world, and in the center you've got the spider. mm mm-hmm. The strands in the web immediately around the spider are the most exclusive secret societies, uh, the ones that are really in the know. You come out from the spider and then you start meeting the secret societies we we know about, but we don't know what they do unless you go looking for it, but you know they exist. These are the Freemasons, the uh, Knights of Malta, the uh, Knights Templar, the Um, Opus Dei, the inner core of the Jesuit order, on and on it goes, the Skull and Bones Society at Yale University, all these um, secret societies. And and all of that is going on in the hidden in terms of the public eye. And then as you come out from the spider, which is emitting this agenda, Mm. it's passing through the secret societies, and eventually you have in the web what I call the cusp, this is the part of the web where they're hidden, meets the scene. And here you've got um, what I call the, um, the cusp organizations, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations in America, the Trilateral Commission, um, the Club of Rome, which was created by people like Kissinger and the Rockefellers in um, 1968 to exploit environmental concerns to justify centralization of global power. This is where the whole climate change hoax came out of. Um, And also at this cusp, you have this explosion of what are called think tanks and non-governmental organizations, not least the open society foundations of this cult operative, big time, uh, George Soros. And the role of the cusp organizations is to take the agenda for the world from the hidden and to play it out into the world of the scene through governments, government agencies, corporations, the banking system, the global media, and so on, Silicon Valley. Um, And so when you're in the world of the scene, it seems that there is just this colossal mass of organisations and different things that they do, um, and they're all kind of independent and random, but that's not how it works. If you go down in these organisations to the point where they attach to the web, then they're all expressions of the same the same web. Mm-hmm. For instance, when um, the World Health Organisation, which is which was like I said. Uh, created by the Rockefeller family, is run by Rockefeller Gopher Gates, and Ted Ross, the appointee of uh, Gates. Uh, when they came out um, and gave you the narrative for COVID, which is a load of old nonsense, Silicon Valley corporations, uh, your Facebooks and Twitters, etc., they immediately said, we're going to censor anyone who challenges the World Health Organization narrative, even mm-hmm. though it's all nonsense. And so you think, well, well, that's, that's strange, isn't it? If you're thinking everything's random, that's strange. I mean, why would uh, communication organizations say we're gonna censor anything that challenges this other organization? But when you realize that the web controls the World Health Organization and also controls um, Silicon Valley, I mean, people like uh, the CIA and, uh, and DARPA, the technological development arm of the Pentagon, we're involved in um, uh, many many of these corporations being created like Google now owns YouTube and Facebook and stuff um, and and once you get this web and how it is actually expressing itself through all these different organizations then the randomness starts to fade and you see that how coordinated it is for example This cult controls the um, CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States, and it controls the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. It also controls the big pharma cartel like uh, Moderna and Pfizer, which was originally created by J.D. Rockefeller and the Rockefeller family, who still basically control it. So what you've got on the face of it in the world of the random is that a Pfizer or a Moderna goes to the FDA or the CDC and asks for permission to vaccinate people with what is a fake vaccine. And on behalf of the people with the goal of protecting the people, the CDC and the FDA decide if that's going to be allowed or not. But that's not what's going on. That's what what they want you to think is going on. What's actually going on is that the cult owns the CDC and the FDA, and it owns Big Pharma. And so, when uh, a pharmaceutical corporation goes to the CDC, FDA, and asks for permission, it's one arm of the cult asking another arm of the cult for permission to advance the cult agenda. That's why, throughout the COVID era, in which so much of this has come to the surface, um, you don't see um, the uh, catastrophe in terms of the death and health destruction that these fake vaccines have wreaked
2: mm-hmm. being
1: expressed through the FDA and the CDC by saying, hold on a minute, look at the figures, you're not doing this anymore. Or, as they should have done, hey, your trials are not trials, they're pathetic, we're certainly not going to give you permission to use this until we're absolutely satisfied, it's not gonna harm people. That's what it would, would happen if they were agencies to protect the people, but they're not. They're there to serve the agenda of the cult. And that's why they uh, always get permission no matter uh, what they ask for.
0: So I um, agree um, with this. The bit where you lose me and I want to hear more about is the fact that you think these are they aren't human. Um, The lizard aspect is what what kind of confuses me. You think the queen is a reptile. I want to hear more about this.
1: Right. The other thing I meant to say there, um, before I complete that that section, is that this global web, when you look at the way information is limited for the population and the way I've described, this global web is passing on through the secret society network advanced knowledge, not, not only about the agenda for the world and where it's being taken. And that's what I've uncovered. That's why I'm able to predict the future because that's the yes. future unless it's stopped. They also, um, and this brings me into the question you've just asked, they also know that the nature of reality, the very reality that we're experiencing, is not as we're told it is and we're told to believe it is. And it's nothing like that. So they are working from at the inner core, not Bill and Fred down the local lodge. Um, They are working with knowledge about reality and how we interact with it that is kept from the general population. And so they are manipulating human perception in ways that humans don't even think is possible. So, um, yeah, well, what happened was that in the early 90s, I... I started uncovering um, how the world is not controlled by the people and the forces that appear to be controlling it. There's this web behind it. And so the next question was, well, when did it start? When did it start? Um, Because this clearly hasn't been going for five years or 50 years. So when did it start? And you can comfortably go back through the British Empire and the empires of Europe go back through the Roman Empire, and you can go uh, into uh, uh, Sumer, Babylon, um, in what we call um, Iraq now. Uh, And you can pick it up, and you can then follow it through to uh, gathering more and more power until it became global um, through the centuries. And so I looked at that, and I thought, well, hold on a minute. People throughout the history of this cult have been born, they've played a part in advancing its agenda and then they died, knowing that they weren't gonna see the end of it. And then other people have come in and they've done the same and then they've died, other people have come in and so on. And it was obvious to me that um, there had to be a common force, a common thread that was coordinating all this um, advancement of this through the centuries. So I started scanning um, ancient cultures, ancient histories, and also talking to um, insiders in the uh, military uh, intelligence industrial complex in America, particularly, but other places too. And there was a phenomenally common theme that both were telling me, this is people in the modern world and people recounting the beliefs of the ancients. And that is that there is a non-human force that is manipulating human society from the hidden. And I can explain how hidden that is shortly. And so um, what happens is historians and anthropologists and what have you, they look at ancient um, cultures. And they say, oh, well, these people worship these gods and these people worship these gods and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you, you then say, well, hold on a minute. Different cultures are going to call these gods by different names. Of course they are, because it's mm-hmm. different culture. It's a different era. But have you ever looked at what they say about these gods? Because when you do, you find Incredible common themes. So, um, uh, for instance, if you if you are a, a Christian, you will talk about demons. If you are a Muslim, you will talk about the jinn. Mm-hmm. If you come from the Gnostic belief system, you'll talk about the archons, which is Greek for rulers. If you are in the Zulu uh, um, belief system. You'll talk about the Chittahuri, the children of the serpent, and when you start to um, look at this, you find that these common themes are there because they're describing the same force, the same entities, just calling it different names.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so um, when you um, when you look at some of the um, descriptions of these this non-human force. They are remarkably, remarkably similar when you um, when you look at how they're described. And then there's people in the U.S. Uh, military intelligence industrial complex who are telling me that actually the world is run by reptilian entities, which is which takes us back to the the Zulu belief in the Chitahuri, the children of the serpent. And again and again, this. Um, reptilian element comes out. It's not only really reptilian. It's just loads and loads of non-human forms. But um, this is the one that seems to be key in the manipulation of, uh, of our society. So the next question you ask is, well, why can't we see them?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this is why. Because if you said to people, when you look through your eyes, can you see everything in the space you're looking at? They'd say, well, of course I can. Don't be ridiculous. Well, no, you can't. You can hardly see anything in the space that you're looking at. According to mainstream science, the electromagnetic spectrum, which is basically this reality, um, is 0.005% of what exists in forms of energy, uh, etc., in the universe. Visible light which is the only band of frequency that we can see Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is a fraction of the 0.005%. So you look through your eyes and you're basically looking at a television channel. And just like uh, the analog system of television and radio, they share the same space without interfering with each other unless they're really close on the dial because they're on different wavelengths therefore you you are on one channel and then you're on another channel mm-hmm. and, and when you've got the zapper and you're on a channel and you press it and suddenly another channel comes up well the screen has just shape-shifted actually from one form to another and so when you um, delve into this and I, in my new book The Trap that's just come out this week I go into this in, in detail. Um, people think when you're talking about other dimensions of reality, even if people accept the existence of them because they're so five sense focused, oh, this world is all there is. Um, so what what lies beyond the smear of 0.005%? Uh, but when you talk about dimensions, people perceive them to be out there, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. Out there. And in terms of frequency, wavelength, a lot of them are. They're very, very different wavelengths to this one, but others actually fuse into this one. They're very, very close to this one. And there's one which um, the uh the spiritual community and the um the the you know ancient uh cultures <clears throat> refers to referred to as um the uh, what I what I would call the um, lower fourth dimension, but the astral dimension,
2: mm-hmm. and the astral
1: dimension is said to be that which um, we experience, like in dreams, and that which um, we can go astral traveling. And astral traveling is like a projection of the mind. It's going traveling through other realities in your mind, with your mind, not your body. Your body's connected to this reality. And in these lower levels of this astral dimension, which fuses into this one, um, are said to be the realm of the demons, the uh, demonic consciousness, the inverted, distorted, uh, what people would call evil, which is what I define as the absence of love, the absence of compassion, the absence of empathy. And so these entities are actually operating, not very far, but far enough, outside of human sight. Mm. And when they enter the human visual frequency band, that's when people say, look, mate, I know it sounds crazy, but this entity, like reptilian or gray or whatever, it just appeared in front of me. It appeared out of nowhere, and then it just disappeared into nowhere. Or I saw this UFO. It just it just appeared, and then disappeared. And people say, well, what were you drinking, mate? Those five-cent centric people. But what has really happened? That entity or that craft has entered the frequency band of visible light, which is the only band we can see. And as it enters, it appears to the observer that it's come out of nowhere, but it hasn't. Mm -hmm. It's just entered the frequency band that we can see and then it's left it. And when you get, uh, and this started for me in the 1990s when I started uh, investigating some of these major players in this cult, invariably it led me to pedophilia and it led me Mm -hmm. into, into satanism. And what is satanism? They do their rituals to interact with their gods, just as the ancients did. They do their sacrifices to the gods, just as the ancients did. But instead of doing it out in the open like they used to, they now do it, obviously, in the strictest of secrecy. So who are these gods that they're doing these rituals to? There are these; They are these gods in this, um, this lower fourth dimension, lower astral dimension. And from there, um, this global cult is driven. That's where the spider is. And so when you look at people like Gates and Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum and George Soros and all these people, Fauci, they are extensions and assets of this non-human force operating outside of human sight. And what I've found interesting uh, because when I first started coming out with this, of course, it's like, like oh, he's mad. He says reptiles run the world. And, but, you know, I don't pull this out of the ether. I've done 32 years of research into what I'm saying. And what's interesting to me now is that more and more people are beginning to see and grasp that what is unfolding around us is an anti-human agenda. It's completely anti-human. They're changing the atmosphere, which humans need to survive. They're changing the nature of the human body with the synthetic uh, genetic manipulating fake vaccines. They're um, destroying systematically the food supply uh, Mm -hmm. chain uh, and, and... The whole of human society in terms of the what's necessary for it to function and for humans to prosper and thrive is being dismantled. It's a completely anti-human agenda. Why? Because it's in the end, it's a a non-human force that's behind the anti-human agenda. And it's encouraging to see that more and more people are beginning to grasp that because, you know, just think about it. I mean, we uh, can see only this smear of 0.005% of what exists in the universe, and look at the diversity of form that's within that smear that we can see in animals, in humans, the different uh, types of form, the different uh, uh, genetics, etc. Now imagine what exists outside of that smear in terms of potential. And yet, we... We think someone is credible. Oh, he lives in the real world, mate. Mm -hmm. When they say that humans are the only form of life that has developed in the kind of life we call, we would refer to and see was human Mm -hmm. on a planet, which, if you compare it with the projected size of the universe by mainstream science, Planet Earth is the equivalent by comparison of a billionth of a pinhead and somehow life as we know it has only emerged on that billionth of a pinhead. It is ludicrous. It is ridiculous. But if you want to hide the real controllers of the human population, then you want to dismiss any idea of other worlds existing.
0: So I have a lot of questions um, from that. Um, I appreciate the detailed response. Um, So firstly, if they aren't human, how do we fight them? Like if they are this supernatural uh, force, which sort of implies they have more, more power, inherent power than we have as simple humans, how do we fight them?
1: They don't. Well, we don't fight them. What you fight, you become. Well, how um, do we
0: resist it?
1: What you resist, you give power to. Okay. <laughs> um, what, what, um, what I go into this in the trap um, in some uh, detail. Everything is about perception. Your perception dictates the frequency that you resonate on and therefore dictates the reality that you connect with. So, if you, if you think that every thought and every emotion generates a frequency, mm-hmm. this, is, this is where we talk about people who oh, have got bad vibes off him, I've got good vibes off him. These vibes are the frequencies that we give off because we are electromagnetic beings at this level. And so things like fear and hatred, anxiety, depression, resentment are all low-frequency emotions. They generate low frequencies. So when people are in states of depression and um, despair, they might say things like, oh, I feel so heavy today. Their heaviness comes from the fact that these slow, low vibrations they're giving off are resonating their energetic field in a low, slow way, and it feels dense. But when you open your heart, you feel love, you feel joy, feel compassion, you feel empathy. These are all high frequency
2: yeah.
1: thoughts and emotions. And so they are resonating your field to a higher frequency. And you feel, what, what do people say when they feel really good like that? They say, oh, I feel so light today. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, because your energetic field feels light because it's resonating in a, in a, in a very um, high frequency way. So let's um, sort out this idea of these entities have power. They are in a low um, level of this astral dimension because they are in a very low vibrational state. Anyone that has the desire to control others and impose their will on others is by definition in a low frequency state and the lower frequency state you're in the more bloody stupid you are because you're not accessing expanded levels of consciousness you're expanding very low levels of consciousness because of the frequency you're giving off so these uh entities compared with the potential for consciousness are village idiots and the way that they have um, imposed their will is by the system that I've described, where they are the one-eyed man. If you take the analogy, and it's perfect, in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. They are the one-eyed man. Absolutely, how apt that one of their major symbols is the all-seeing single eye. They are the one-eyed man. And the way they have imposed their will on humans is by making humans blind compared with what they have. They know. And what they know compared with humans is what they hoard in the secret society network and keep from humanity. So. If they um, are going to feed and this is this is what's going on. We are feeding them. If you. um, Remember in the Matrix movie, there was a very symbolic moment where the Morpheus character held up a battery and said, the machines have turned humans into one of these. And you saw scenes of human babies and the energy of the baby yeah. was being absorbed by the machines. That's exactly what's going on in, uh, in theme in, in, in terms of humans. So if you're going to feed off the energy of humans and be empowered by it, so you can recycle it back against the humans in terms of imposition and control, then you have to get humanity to emit the frequencies that you can absorb. Because love, joy, is a frequency far too high for these um, bunch of idiots to absorb. They have to get humanity in a low, slow Mm. state which is their frequency state, so they can um, they can absorb it, and so they've structured human society via their their cult, uh, which is just an extension in our reality of them, to um, emit from humans um, to the greatest extent possible low vibrational emotion based around the key the key to it all from their point of view, which is fear. They have to keep people in states of fear and worry. So they're constantly um, hatching um, hoaxes and ways and means to keep people in fear. And so when you start resonating in the same frequency arena as these entities, these entities can attach to you. Mm-hmm. And we call this possession. But when your heart is open and you are um, expanded, expanding your awareness out into the great beyond, way beyond the tiny band that these people currently control, then they, they have no power over you. They can, they can, they can influence your life by um, using people they do have power over, or they're in that low vibrational state, but they cannot directly affect you because it's like radio station A and radio station B, they can't mm-hmm. attach, they're on different wavelengths. And, and, and um, it's not about fighting, uh, it's, and it's not about resisting, it's about not cooperating, it's about mm-hmm. saying no, it's about having not only the nous to see what's going on, but the backbone, not to cooperate with what's going on. So when the um, when the COVID thing started, and they said uh, you've got to social distance, you've got to lock down, you can't go out for more than an mm-hmm. hour a day, and you've got to wear a mask and all this stuff, I just give them the finger. Really, I didn't do any of it, and I won't. I won't do it. I'd rather die than um, than acquiesce to these people. Because by acquiescing, I'm perpetuating their power you know just imagine this and this is very symbolic of what i'm talking about someone comes out of the white house or someone Mm -hmm. writes a script for biden that he can barely bloody read (laughs) and he Mm -hmm. says "Uh, i've decided uh, did i decide who who, who you decided okay Mm -hmm. um i decided that this is going to happen right okay so what if people said, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not doing that. No, 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 we're not doing that. Where's his power? He has no power. His power is in acquiescence by the population. It's the population saying, yeah, oh, bloody hell, what's going on? I think it's terrible. Well, are, you, are you going to do it? Well, mm-hmm. you it's just the law, isn't it? No, no, you haven't got to do it. You haven't got to do it just because it's the law. So what we're saying is that... A political system you have no control over and no saying whatsoever decides this is what how it's going to be and you say well it's the law now we've got to obey it well you might as well put your bloody wrists out and, and, and get the shackles on mm-hmm. we you know we have to obey uh, laws based on respect yeah not obey laws based on enslavement no no you don't do it and if you if enough people don't do it then they have to, um, they can't do it. They they simply can't do it. You know, the core of the core of this cult in this arena, you'd get in a single room. Eight billion people are being manipulated by that. And people think that's impossible. Well, hold on. This is how it's possible. You have a, say, if you look at society, it's all pyramidal. It's all hierarchical. And it's hierarchical for a reason because hierarchies mean that a few at the top of the hierarchy are dictating to the whole of the hierarchy. So imagine a pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, you've got the inner core of this cult. Mm -hmm. It imposes its will on the level of the pyramid below it. And that level acquiesces to the imposition and then imposes it on the level below Mm them. And then all the way down the pyramid, it is imposition, acquiescence, imposition, acquiescence, and you, you're not many steps down from that cult in a core before you're meeting levels of the global hierarchy and national hierarchy. They have no idea there even is a cult. All mm-hmm. they're doing is a level above them, their perceived superiors, tell them, and so they do it, and then they impose it, it on the next level, and it comes down, imposition, acquiescence, imposition, acquiescence, to the population in general at the bottom of the pyramid, And if we, as a human population, acquiesce to that level of this hierarchy that imposes on us, which is government, law enforcement, government agencies, then we we, um, create a circuit in which the tiny few at the top of the pyramid have imposed their will through imposition acquiescence on the entire human population. And that's what happened. During COVID, it was a uh, it was when the hidden became manifest in front of our eyes. What happened there, and what mm. they planned to try to do again. So, how do we how do we stop this? We stop cooperating with it, and 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 then it, it's impossible. It cannot operate. How many people locked down in America? How many people locked them down? How many people told them they had to be locked down? How many people enforced the lockdown? Compared with the people being locked down. The difference in the planet. So it's the acquiescence of the population to the few that has always looked through human history, the whole of human history. And the few have always controlled the many because the many have acquiesced to the few. And we have to break that cycle and when we do, The penny will drop that the power has been with us all the time. And this is why they have to divide and rule us. So we're fighting among ourselves and not in a unified way, seeing the common enemy. Mm -hmm. And so what they're doing in America now is that they are and have long now years divided the country basically between pro-Trump and hate Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're doing it now, again, and it's being um, Mm -hmm. uh, ramped up. Uh, And so there's this fight going on. I mean, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter is not about making the world better for black people. Black Lives Matter, funded to the tune of some $90 million by uh, billionaires like George Soros, cult operative, who couldn't give a damn about black people,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is it, it, funding and they're funding an organization in Black Lives Matter um, to divide and rule people on the grounds of race. That's what they're doing because they have to constantly divide and rule, otherwise, unity will destroy them.
0: In terms of the hierarchy um, and this pyramid, uh, you, you mentioned George Soros. Do people like, are people like George Soros and and Biden and Boris Johnson and Klaus Schwab, like where are they in this web and this pyramid? Are they the non-human entities or are they lower down and they sort of don't realise that they are being used as puppets?
1: Well, Boris Johnson, uh, the uh, soon not to be British Prime Minister is a buffoon mm-hmm. and um, someone who wants power just for power's sake Mm -hmm. the title alone is good enough for him and that's the same with you know many many um politicians but it's not i mean there's people in america there are obvious um cult operatives like chuck schumer and uh nancy pelosi
0: but does cult operative mean non-human entity Well,
1: not necessarily so, no, Um, uh, but I I, I look at some of these people, uh, um, Adam Schiff, another one, and, um, you know, they could well not be, but um, they are overwhelmingly at that level, they'll be gophers. They'll be gophers of this cult. Um, But then you go to other people like Bill Gates, like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, like Klaus Schwab, like Henry Kissinger. And such like these key players, David Rockefeller, who lived to be a hundred and was pushing this all the way through his life, um, they um, I, I would almost certainly be uh, um, non-human in their, uh, in terms of uh, control of their minds, control of their, their actions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Klaus Schwab. I mean he's got, he's got Nazi stamped on his bloody forehead, hasn't he? I mean he was. He was born into nazi germany and you know he must have he must have been psychic to have picked that place given what he's done since and you look at henry kissinger henry kissinger taught Klaus schwab at harvard and um schwab called kissinger one of the four most influential people on his life so he is big time there and that's why he's such a front man now for what they call the great reset, which is the transformation of human society into a global um, centralized dictatorship. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say that that those type of people would certainly not be human, absolutely.
0: And you mentioned um, the vaccine earlier. So I do wanna get into all of that. Um... So the vaccine isn't a vaccine, in your opinion. Um, I also agree. Um, but what exactly do you think is inside it? You said it's to—it's an attack on humanity to change the DNA of humanity. What—what what are they changing? What are they trying to turn us into? Is it simple compliance? I don't understand. Tell me.
1: Well, there's well, well, you know, you know, to a, to an extent, if to a considerable extent, if you change the genetics, um, you can change the way the brain processes information. The brain is not the seat of consciousness, it's a processor of consciousness. It's a processor of information. And just like a computer, you can firewall it so that it processes some information and won't process others. That's why you you can talk to someone, it doesn't matter how much evidence you put before them, they'll never accept it. They'll go back to the default position of believing what authority tells them because they literally can't uh, compute anything other than what authority tells them. We saw this massively in the COVID era, um, most blatantly, but it's been going on all along. So if you look at, um, you know, I have this phrase, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. It's uncovering where they want to take us that Mm -hmm. shows you the daily steps towards that end. So what they want is to, transform the human body from call it human 1.0 which is the biological human we know to a much more synthetic biological human, human 2.0. And human 2.0 would not be uh, a human that procreates. Procreation would end. It would be produced technologically.
0: Uh.
1: And um, Aldous Huxley in Brave New World in 1932 wrote about exactly this, the end of parents, the production of the, of the human race in world state hatcheries, uh, etc., and children would be brought up and programmed from birth by the state. And that actually the genetics of the production process would be to provide people but different echelons of society, just like the worker ants, the worker bees. Uh, and why and how would Aldous Huxley know that this was coming in 1932? How would Orwell know what was coming in 1948? Right. How is people that I've um, uh, quoted in my books How did they know in great detail, and the passage of time has shown it, what was coming in 1969? Because if you go back to these two worlds, there's the world of the human population, and that has a certain level of awareness about technological possibility, indeed all possibility, which is based on what's allowed into the public arena. But this other world of the cult has a completely different timeline and a different, uh, completely different knowledge of possibility, not least technological possibility. So, so many people who've been connected to the cult, not necessarily part of it, but had got access to the, the information, um, have been able to um, predict uh, phenomenal things through what is perceived to be sci-fi, and actually it turns out to be true because the, the knowledge here is not the knowledge there. So if you um look at a, a lot of dots that can be connected from this, first of all, I said the human 2.0 was meant to be far more synthetic. What yeah. they're doing with these fake MNRA, fake vaccines, is – Infuse synthetic genetic material into the body, not just that, but it's nanotechnology and it's self-replicating so once it's in there it just, you don't just get what you get through the the syringe, you get what it then creates by self-replication. This is why the the, the effect of these fake vaccines is is being compounded now more and more um, and the consequences in death and health destruction is becoming more and more obvious. It's because of this self-replication. And the self-replication is changing the nature of the human body. Now, for some people, they won't be able to make that transition, and they die. And so many have. Enormous numbers of people have uh, from this vaccine, fake vaccine. But others will make the transition. Uh, and the idea is to um, to create this far more synthetic human. Now, to do that, you have got to phase out human 1.0. And this is why um, more and more uh, information is coming to light now uh, of the plummeting in sperm counts all over the world, not least in the West. There was a book came out last year in which um, uh, a uh, an academic and investigator into this, um, concluded and supported by other people that if it goes on plummeting sperm counts, then there will be no procreating humans by 2045. At the same time, these fake vaccines were warned about by brave proper doctors and scientists before they even played out, that they had the potential to stop fertility, uh, not just in men, but in women. And we've seen f- phenomenal numbers of um, stillbirths um, as a result of people who've had this fake vaccine. And th- what, what, this is what I suggest is going to be found. But when they're young today, this is why they want this in kids, uh, smaller and smaller kids and babies. This is why it makes no sense from a health point of view, no sense whatsoever. But the CDC, going back to what I said earlier, and the FDA have been given these uh, psychopaths in big pharma permission to do this. The reason that they want it in there is for, for many, many reasons. But one of them is to make the population human 1.0 infertile. And when these kids and young people get to child producing age, they're going to find they can't even those that survive. And the other thing about um, human 1.0 being phased out is that human 2.0 is being phased in and human 2.0 is a non procreating human. Non procreating humans do not need men and they do not need women. That's why there's been this war against men. And I said when that started, they'll come for the women next. And now they're coming for the women. And the vehicle they're using is the transgender hysteria. And what is that? Before you can make something happen or make something accepted, you've got to Um, create the psychology that will accept it and what you have um, with this transgender explosion which came out of nowhere of course is the young are being targeted not these little kids with um, the drag queens etc they're being targeted to confuse their gender this is the key confusing gender so if you saw a a survey recently um the number of young people and children who are questioning their gender and wanting to change gender have gone through the bloody roof right in this era of propaganda but in the states controlled by the democrats the wokers it's gone through the roof far, far, far less in states that are controlled by the Republicans. Much of the Republican Party is also uh, infused into the cult, but there there are others that call themselves Republicans who are pushing back on this. And in those states, the propaganda to kids has not been as great. And the numbers saying they wanna change their gender are much smaller. In those states, so clearly it's not a natural phenomenon; it's a propaganda phenomenon. And the idea is you fuse, you confuse gender, on the road to literally fusing gender into the no-gender human. And what these transgender activists who are being played like a stringed instrument um, need to understand is, it's not the transgender human; it's the no-gender. Human, you are just a transition violin being played to reach that end which is going to affect you as much as anyone else and so you you see when these dots connect how all these things are actually connected into the same the same goal uh, and so that's how that um, uh, comes together and then when you look at the um the whole climate change hoax, look at the solutions to climate change and look at the solutions to COVID and you'll see they're the same thing, centralization of power over the fine detail of our lives. And in the the thing you have to do if you're gonna completely control the population is you have to make them dependent upon you. So what they're doing, it started, really started with lockdown, which is what lockdowns were all about, was to hold the economy under the waterline, which he did. And now it's gone on getting worse and worse and worse, and it's now going out of control. So what they also did in that period of COVID is government spent outrageous amounts of fresh air money to meet the challenge of COVID. And what it did is put enormous amounts of money into circulation. And that's where your inflation's come from. Fuel prices are going up, um, not least because of policies relating to climate change this is why they're shutting down pipelines, stopping uh, the exploration of fossil fuels on federal lands, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and so that the price of, uh, of um, fuel goes up, the price of energy goes up and you go from America being self-sufficient in energy to being dependent on foreign sources, not least Russia. Then you play your card, which is not a manipulated war in Ukraine in which the West is at war with Russia via Ukraine, the Ukrainian people they couldn't care less about. And you, you say, we're going to have sanctions against Russia because of their what they've done, which we kind of poke them in the chest to do. Um, and the sanctions on Russia were really sanctions on the West, which is why fuel prices have, have soared uh, to ridiculous amounts. And the energy bills this winter are going to be utterly catastrophic and destroy enormous numbers of people and their ability to live and put food on the table. The food that's also being uh, destroyed in terms of production and supply, because it's all about dependency. And I've been writing in the books for a very long time about the plan to introduce what is called a guaranteed income. And the Mm. the plan is this, and it's being articulated, of course, by the uh, World Economic Forum, which is just a cult front of Klaus Schwab. And Mm -hmm. um, there are so-called trials all over the world going on. This is the plan. You destroy, this is what lockdown was about, you destroy independent livelihoods. You destroy independent businesses. You destroy independent sources of income. And you let all the production move into the corporations, which are cult corporations, which they control, like Amazon. You then um, say, oh, this is terrible. What's happening? Oh, God, people are struggling. They can't put food on the table. They've got no warmth. And uh, AI is taking all the jobs, which is, again, what's happening. So we're nice, we are. We're lovely. What we're going to do is we're going to give you a guaranteed income. There you Mm -hmm. go. It's going to be a pittance, and you're only going to get it if you don't rock the boat, if you do what you are told. Mm -hmm. And this is what is uh, happening, very simply. This cult was behind the Mao revolution in China because it wanted a country that um, was uh, a power in and of itself, like locked away, Mm -hmm. where the government was so much in control that what it said happened. What that meant was that they could change society and move it on far, far quicker than the West, which was paying lip service to being free. Mm. And the idea was that um, China under Mao and then uh, what's followed would incubate and develop um, a system of human control, not least based on technology and AI, that when it was perfected would be played out across the world as the global system. And so now you have a system in China called the social credit system, yeah. where your behavior gives you credits or has, it take, has them taken away. And when you reach a certain uh, dearth of credits, then you are denied basic things like going on a train or flying anywhere. Uh, because through AI in real time, your behavior can be tracked and recorded. Now, out of China came the COVID hoax, and it was a hoax, still waiting for one single scientific paper to prove that SARS-CoV-2 exists, that's supposed to cause COVID-19. And what happened after the COVID hoax was played in China and across the world, the... Western world become and has become more and more like China. So they're moving now towards a uh, vaccine passport still going on um, in the background to be played um, out across the world. The vaccine passport is the Western social credit system. We've seen it. If you don't do as you're told and have this fake vaccine, which is very dangerous. Then you you're going to lose your job. You're not going to be able to be in the military anymore. Not going to be out in the police anymore. Uh, and this is the um, the whole foundation of the whole fake vaccine passport scam is playing China's system out across the world, and and it's all being orchestrated by this global cult. And you know when you Look at in terms of China, because especially in relation to current events and the aftermath of Pelosi's calculated visit to Taiwan recently. I've been saying for decades that the plan is to bring the West and Russia and China, plus other countries like Iran, into conflict and that China is meant to win it from this cult point of view. China's a massive center for this global cult. And so now we have the West at war with Russia, via Ukraine, and now we're having, thanks to Pelosi's calculated visit, um, Mm -hmm. the anti being upped and upped in relation to conflict with China. Uh, And the idea is that you have this um, conflict China wins it and the Chinese system becomes the global system.
0: So I have a couple of questions there. Firstly, I, I firstly I want to just go back a second. Um, we spoke about the whole trans thing. That's fascinating. Um, I totally uh, agree with you. Um, the war on men is very evident. It's been like that for um, a few decades. And yes, the war on women is definitely starting. Um, absolutely, 100%. That's very very true um with regards to china this is something i actually wanted to ask you about um because yes there is like you know the west of the good guys the east of the bad guys um you know are are we on are we i mean are they all just sort of on the same side like where does vladimir putin um you know king jong-un she uh she um where where, where do they all come into it i I just sort of don't understand which side they are on
1: well it's very it's very simple to explain actually um, you've got the cult and then you've got the countries and the cult is working through the countries it's working through America, it's working through China it's working through Russia, it's working through all these different countries, working through Britain and therefore um, what suits the cult agenda is what these countries do and I'll give you an example um, we've had the American government under different administrations and American corporations who have been and have allowed the mass outsourcing of production from America, with all those lost jobs and its effect on the economy, to China and the Far East, controlled by China. Um, And what that's done is give China control of now of vast amounts of the supply chain globally. And so if China wants to turn that off, it turns it off. And when you think that in excess of something like 90% of antibiotics in America come from China, they say, oh yeah, what we need, we need wind turbines and we need solar panels. Uh, obviously of no use to the whole uh, energy needs of America but that's what we want, we move into them where do most solar panels and overwhelmingly most solar panels and wind turbines come from? They come from China right? and they have to be replaced and if China doesn't want to replace them then our the American energy system, indeed the western energy system starts to disappear um, and They now, thanks to what has happened with Ukraine, and I I say Biden's response to it, I mean, of course not, The people own Biden's response to it. Um, uh, We're now in energy debt deficit to Russia. Mm -hmm. And it's using the excuse of the Ukraine situation and the response of the West to cut off energy supplies to the West. And so... You know, they're talking about blackouts, not just in America, but in Europe, because of the uh, lack of uh, energy. Uh, And and so this uh, connection, this alliance, that's what it is now, between Russia and China, holds all the aces. And then you you ask the question, well, who's given them the aces? Mm. Well, the American government has, under successive administrations, The British government has, the French government has, and so on and so forth, the German government. Why would they do that? Because they are running to the coal agenda, not what's best for the country. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The the energy uh, catastrophe going on in America now could be solved within America. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They won't do it. They won't do it because it's not the agenda to do it. It's not the plan to do it. So when people say, and they say often now, Why would this government or that government do this when it's obviously so bad for the country they represent? Mm -hmm. Because they're not there to represent that country. They're there to represent the cult working through that country. That's how it works.
0: So um, where does Donald Trump come into all of this? A lot of people say he's an um, an anomaly. Other people say, um, no, he's part of it.
1: I don't think he's an anomaly at all. Um, I said when he was coming... To win the election in 2016, um, that um, he, he was going to be used as a symbol to divide America. Um, there was a a guy called um, uh, what was his name? He was a he was a um, a guy operating out of um out of Chicago. Who come to me in a second? And he wrote a book called Rules for Radicals, which was um, a guide to how you transform a free society into a communist one. And one of his rules was that you don't attack faceless bureaucracies and faceless corporations. You pick one person and you Aim the blame for everything upon them. And in doing so, um, you divide society. You divide society between those that support that person and those that don't. Mm -hmm. So when Trump came in, he, um, he was used as the symbol to divide America. How much he knew about that is, you know, that's open to question. But he divided America. Um, uh, or, or in his name, America was divided. So America was actually divided, if you, if you think about it, by whether people loved Trump or whether people hated Trump. Mm-hmm. That's the divide. And the, the, the plan all along was to, to, to divide America, because divide and rule means you've got no unity of response to the common enemy.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: in, in dividing, it allows you states of flux and confusion and chaos to push your agenda on. Uh, uh, and you know, the situation currently uh, as caused, with the the raid on Trump's property in Florida, has uh, produced tremendous um, support for him mm-hmm. uh, as a result of what happened. And your, uh, if if you want, I mean, if you want to divide America even more then you would do what the FBI did in raiding that property in Florida. You would do that. Because as we speak, America is more divided than ever before. You've got talk show hosts, lunatics, bloody morons like Stephen Colbert, cheering that um, the FBI is now the Stasi police and going in and uh, being used politically. And the Wokers are all in favor of it. And then you've got the Trump supporters who are the opposite pushing back. You've got got the divide. And he's been used to to do that. Like I say, how much he knows, uh, who knows, but um, it's certainly been used that way. And uh, so, you know, if you think about it, and this is what made me think when Trump came on the scene, is that he was taking on in terms of the Republican nomination, about 16 to 20 other candidates at the start. And we were told the Republican party didn't want him, didn't want this maverick businessman, but he won the nomination. And then you look at the WikiLeaks documents and emails that were released that showed that at the same time, the Democratic party hierarchy was fixing the election between uh, Hillary Clinton uh, and, um, and her opponent, that meant that she was going to win. Now, if the hierarchy of the Republican Party can, of the Democratic Party rather, can do that, can fix the election, so the person they don't want um, Bernie Sanders, doesn't win, then so could the Republicans, just as easily. But they didn't. He got the nomination. And once he got the nomination, I was saying, I think he's going to win. because I think he's the chosen one. And, and then he takes on um, Hillary Clinton, who, um, who was supposed to be the runaway winner, and he beats her. And then you go into the Trump years and you had this great upheaval, this great dividing of America that went on. People pushing back against Trump, people pushing for Trump. And it's still going on now. So, um, you know, when people say to me, is the president of the United States involved? My question would be, is he president of the United States? Because these people do not come to office if this cult does not want them in office. End of story. They don't. And so um, I think he is part of it, but how much he knows that he's part of it is quite another question.
0: Apologies for the coughing. I've been ill all week, (laughs) so uh, I'm struggling to get the voice coming through. Um... Oh, this is a tough one. Okay, so um, that's interesting. So Trump doesn't necessarily know that he's a puppet of going on. He might do, he might do,
1: but I don't know that. All I can point out from looking at what's happened is that that's how he's been used. And, you know, when you, um, when you look at the Trump years, what did he actually do? Never mind that. What did he actually do? And I think, you know, quite a defining moment was when he had the opportunity in the last days of his presidency to pardon Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. But he didn't. Instead, who had made public things that people needed to know, instead, he pardoned some complete crooks including the father of his son-in-law, Yarid Kushner. So uh, he, the words didn't fit the actions. Uh, and, you know, I don't go for politics. I voted for uh, well, good living memory, really. I was
0: going to ask you that, yeah.
1: Because there's no point. Its system is rigged. But if you want to look at someone who has put their money where their mouth is, if you like, has actually done uh, some good things and pushed against the system. Then DeSantis in Florida has done far, far more than Trump ever has, not least in the way that he kept Florida so much more open than the rest of America in the COVID era. So, um, you know, uh, I, um, I don't, I don't support Trump. Let's, let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, DeSantis is definitely an interesting one. I know a lot of people are, um, God, my voice is gone. Um, I know a lot of people are, um, concerned about him potentially going for president in case, um, he can't either protect Florida or, um, he becomes compromised because money corrupts. Right. Um, But I'd like to get your take actually just briefly um, on Bitcoin um, because a lot of people look to Bitcoin, especially me, as um, sort of the solution to all of this um, in terms of money which isn't centralized, um, money which is entirely um, decentralized. There's no central um, authority which you have to trust or ask for your money from. You know, there's a limited supply. You can't print more money. So um, have you done much research on Bitcoin at all?
1: Not a fantastic amount. No, Um, I know people who... uh, who, um, who have Bitcoin, I don't, Um, but, um, you know, anything that operates outside the system is to be welcomed. Uh, I'd just say that people have to be careful that what appears appears to be outside the system is not absorbed into it. Um, Because, you know, what the plan has always been is for a one world digital currency. That's been the plan all along. It was in my books in 1993 that that was the plan. Uh, And um, so um, I would just say, you know, be careful that this whole Bitcoin situation doesn't get absorbed into the system. But, um, you know, people have to make their own choices on those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it sounds like my voice is coming back a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Bitcoin um is a really interesting one. Um, a lot of people in my generation definitely think it's the answer to um everything that we've discussed. Um, but yeah, there are some concerns that um you know it could be something which is um as they say controlled opposition created to um you know uh, take people's money in a way that um has never been done before. But central bank digital currencies, um as you've been talking about, um are on the way. China have their digital yuan. Rishi Sunak in the UK is talking about Um, um So it, it blows my mind how you've been talking about this stuff since the 90s. Um, and we have these uh, central bank digital currencies which they're referred to now um, around the corner. That, that really blows my mind.
1: It's almost funny, you know, for me, you know, it's not quite funny because of the implications, but it almost is. You see my, my books appearing on the national news, you know what I mean? <laughs> in terms of uh, things that were in them decades ago becoming real. But like I said earlier, it's because that's been the plan all along. And if you uncover that and nothing stops it, then it's going to happen. And uh, the, the, the challenge now is to stop cooperating with the system and find other ways of um, of interacting within communities. Um, so that we are withdrawing as much as we can from dependency on the system. And, you know, one of the things that's um, happened and it's all been calculated and planned is what we call globalization. Globalization is the centralization of global power in every area of our lives. It's the cult's agenda made manifest as globalization. And what that has done is to hijack supply and production in very much fewer places, even outside the country, often outside the country. So the country is now dependent on production in countries it has no control over. This is, again, China's the classic example. And, you know... If you have a supply chain, you have a supply chain problem, okay, so tell me your supply chain. Well, it starts out in China, and then it goes on a boat, and then it goes to it goes, and then it goes here, and then it goes there. But if you produce locally, not least food, and sell locally, your supply chain is tiny. And the things that can go wrong with it are very, very few, and they can be sorted very quickly. Whereas a long supply chain, globalization, is the very opposite. Long supply chains equal dependency. Short supply chains equal control by the community. And and these are the sort of things that I think people need to look at. Creating in communities the ability to produce food for themselves and not be dependent on some far off country or some far off state to do it for them. Um, The the world has to, you know, you can find a solution to something or you can remove the cause of the problem. And the cause of the problem is the centralization of everything. Because the more you centralize, the more power the few have over the many. At every point you centralize more, the more power the few have over the many, the more you devolve power to communities, not least in the production of food and the basics of life, then the more the few do not have the structure to control the many, because there's too many points of decision-making and production for any central cabal to consensually control. So we need to be pulling out from the centre further and further into communities. And, you know, uh, uh, we, we've, got a, um, we've got a chain of coffee shops in Britain called Costa Coffee. And they're everywhere. I think they breed at night. Um, they're in all the towns and all the cities. Well, is it beyond human initiative for individuals in the different towns and cities to produce their own coffee shops. Of course it is. But because you have this central chain with all the um, advantages that has, they put the local people out of business. and uh, It's like Uber. 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 There's taxi firms all over the world just getting on with it. Local people running local taxis. And now Uber out of San Francisco is running increasingly vast areas of taxi businesses all over the world. What? This is what I mean. This is what I mean, that um, it's about coming out of the center, coming from the center and breaking this cycle of going ever more incessantly towards it.
0: I have one final question for you um and also as you as you were speaking i was also thinking that um it's funny how when i tried to tell you about bitcoin my voice just disappeared um and i was literally unable to do that um i find that interesting but my final question for you um really is with everything that we've spoken about and um everything that you've done um and i also asked my community if you have any questions for david Icke and something that they wanted me to ask you is um how come you are still alive with all the information that you broadcast all over the world? Um, why haven't they come for you? Do you ever feel like you're in any form of danger?
1: Well, um, that's a long story and (laughs) deep esoteric, um, levels to that, but, um, they've tried to ridicule me, tried that for a long time, but I just kept walking. They tried then to demonize me, they tried that for a long time.
0: Wait, what does that mean?
1: Demonize, um, say that I was a terrible person. Oh, then.
0: cancel I was, you.
1: I was all these um, horrible things. And I kept walking. And what the mainstream do now is they ignore me. They ignore me. You know, there's uh, there's been the, the story of um, Alex Jones and this horrific, um, obviously designed to destroy, um, award against him uh, and normally in the old days the ridicule and uh, demonization days then the media in this country would have connected me to that and said look, and, and, well, uh, David Icke and he's, he's America's David Icke and all that stuff uh, they've ignored me even mm-hmm. with that story they've ignored me completely and the reason for that is that um, they now realize that the more um publicity they give me of any kind the more people are going to realize that actually didn't that bloke say this yes well what is it else is he saying then so they've they've just shut shut it down and and that tells you where the real power is it's with us because censors um are always insecure people they censor because they have no confidence that their narrative will survive questioning, exposure, debate. Mm-hmm. So, if your narrative won't survive that, then you shut it down and stop it. And that's what all the uh, censorship is about. Uh, I don't want to censor anybody. I'll have an open debate with anyone about anything. But they do because they're the insecure ones, not me. Uh, so we, we we really mustn't give them uh, credit for having power they don't have. Their power is that which we give to it in the form of acquiescence, like I said earlier. And um, well, it's a long story, but why why haven't they taken me out? Because they can't. What they what they can do, and there's reasons for that. But they what they can do is um, is make life dif- life difficult for you and um, try to go down that road. Um, we've got a, a bill that's um, on its way through Parliament called the Online Safety Bill, which is an horrific fascist um, bill, which gives a government agency set up by Tony Blair, that's how bad it is, called Ofcom, the right to decide what is posted on the internet and what isn't on the basis, not on whether it's lawful or legal, it can be perfectly lawful and perfectly legal. But if Ofcom, which is run by a, a, a career bureaucrat um, called um, Melanie Dawes, if they decide that in their opinion, what is posted could be harmful, which you can make a case for anything if you want to make it up, then they can take it down. And if you won't take it down, then big fines can ensue. Now, that's fascism by any any criteria. So, you know, things like that, they can try to shut you down. But um, taking me out, they can't do it.
0: So, um, given a lot of your stuff has been taken down, and I'm hoping this survives, um, even if it doesn't, I will uh, put it in other places where it can survive, like Patreon and Rumble and things like that. Um, how can people um, follow your work, your books? I know you said you have a new book out right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's two things. Um, first of all, davidike.com, that's the, uh, my news hub where uh, stories are posted every day of uh, what's happening in the news, but they're put into context why it's happening, not just that it's happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and you get the book, um, The Trap, which is, goes deeper in the rabbit hole I've ever gone before uh, through davidike.com. And then there's Iconic, which is our media platform, um, which was started about uh, well, coming up to three years ago, been am- amazingly successful. Started by my son Jamie, and uh, there we have uh, uh, well, it's a whole news channel now. It's uh, uh, we're well, not just news channel. It's news um, programs. Uh, I do one every week, going through the week's news and putting it in context, um, called the Dot Connect the News Show. It goes out every Saturday at 10 a.m. UK, and it's, of course, there permanently then. And uh, also it uh, produces some uh, brilliant original documentaries um, about subjects that you'll never see in the mainstream media. So it's um, I'm really delighted with the way that is uh, that has gone and that's developed.
0: David, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure um, speaking with you, like I said, um, at the beginning of this conversation. Um, your name has bounced around in my um, family home while growing up, listening to the different ideas. And the older I get and the more I see about what's going on in the world, particularly over the last two years, I'm like, hmm, some of this is starting to make a lot of sense. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much.
1: No, no problem. It's been a pleasure, and uh, fortunately, it's making a lot of sense to enormous numbers of people now compared with the past, which is very encouraging indeed.:
0: Absolutely, Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: The Leia Heilpan Show.